Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc soap and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. I'm Nick Filoni. I'm excited to be here today with you. We are in 2 Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10 this morning. Man, we're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to talk about Apostle Paul today. Um, what a, a, a huge influential character uh, in the New Testament. One of the most prolific writers actually wrote a uh, majority of our New Testament. Uh, so many letters came from him that give us our uh, doctrine and our uh, understanding of our faith even deeper uh, through Christ and uh, what Christ did, even with him. His own testimony alone is amazing, uh, but we're going to be talking about Paul. And guess what? As amazing Paul is, you're going to see that Paul even openly discusses that people were talking trash about him. Uh, people were coming against Paul and saying negative things. So guess what? You can be the nicest person in the world and people will still talk trash. Haters going to hate, right? And so that's the way it is. But let's pray. Let's dive in to see what Paul is talking about here in 2 Corinthians 10. Uh, and let's have a great Thursday morning. So let's pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you this morning uh, that we get to come and be in your word. And Father, we just... Uh, pray that you illuminate something to us, that you show us something that we can draw closer to you, draw um, even deeper into your heart. And uh, on top of that, walk boldly and stronger in our faith in you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I surrender myself to you that this be your message, not mine. Uh, continue to teach all of us, including myself this morning. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. All right, let's dive in. If you've got coffee or anything, go ahead and get a good sip of that and let's get into it. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10. Um, I'm reading out of the NLT, but I'm gonna there's gonna be a lot of uh, other scriptural references uh, into what we're talking about and a lot of those will probably come out of uh, New King James version uh, and things like that. but let's dive into it. All right first uh, first line. Now I, Paul appear appeal to you with the gentleness and kindness, of Christ, though I realize you think I am timid in person and bold only when I write from a far way. Well, I am begging you now so that when I come, I won't have to be bold when those who think we act from human motives. Verse three, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Look at the obvious facts. 
those who say they belong to Christ must recognize that we belong to Christ as much as they do. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It does not tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. I'm not trying to frighten you by my letters. For some say Paul's letters are demanding and forceful, but in person he is weak and his speeches are worthless. Man, that's some trash talk right there. <laughs> the, those people should realize that our actions, when we arrive in person, will be as forceful as what we say in our letters from far away. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that uh, we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how to how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. We will not boast about things done outside our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. We are not reaching beyond uh, these boundaries when we claim authority over you as if we had never visited you for we were the first, the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of your work among you will be extended. Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you where no one else is working. Then there will be no question of our boasting about the work done in someone else's territory. As the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. When people commend themselves, it doesn't count for much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend them. The word of the Lord. All right. What is Paul talking about here? There's a lot of uh, different little areas that he's jumping around to. Uh, but the majority here is uh, we're going to talk about one always having a defense for the faith that we hold dear. Uh, and that's one thing that he's talking about here. Uh, when a lot of times he uses some military language, uh, but he's not talking about physical fighting. He's not talking about uh, actually taking up any kind of physical arms. Uh, the majority is right here in uh, the second part of verse five or verse four, for we use God's mighty weapons. Remember, Paul also wrote in Ephesians 6 about the armor of God, uh, which is telling us uh, most of those in parts right there. Not worldly weapons. It's not spears, uh, not bows and arrows, not guns of our modern day, anything like that. Not even our fists uh, in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Um, he's talking about right here, it says to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. He's talking about debating. He's talking about trying to make sure that intellectually we understand that the truth of Christ versus the falsehoods that the enemy loves to plant all throughout the world in what we call our human reasoning. 
and our own way of trying to figure out the world basically without God and without Christ. And so this is one of those areas that Paul's just trying to say uh, that, hey, guess what? We need to make sure that we're smart as Christians, that we know the word of God, that we know the gospel, and we know the evidences for our gospel truth to let people know, guess what? Jesus is real. What he did is real. Your salvation is real, and it behooves you to believe in what and who Christ is. And so that's a huge part of our Christianity is understanding that. And I know many of us as Christians are kind of like, wait a minute, I believe this, but how do I defend it? I believe this, but how do I tell people about that Jesus is real? He really did rise from the grave. This was easier in Paul's day because there were people that knew Christ, that walked with him, that understood him, that ate with him. Timothy was still around. Uh, Paul was still around. Peter was still around. Uh, all of these guys were still around. So it was easy for them to go, go talk to him. They knew him. They walked with him. They ate with him. They physically touched him. And some of them even watched as he died. And then they met him, the risen Christ as well. And so they were there. Here's one of the biggest evidences for us today is that guess what? As we look back on these people's lives, that knew Christ, that knew that he rose from the dead, that saw him physically and touched him and ate with him, the risen Jesus, is that they went to the grave for this. Now, many people will say that, guess what? People have died for their faith all throughout history, and that's very true. But they died for something they believed was true, but that could totally have been false. This is different. They knew, they sat with Jesus. If they were lying about the gospel that they were preaching, would they have really died for a lie, knowing it was a lie? People don't die for lies that they know are lies. So that doesn't really happen. That's one of the biggest evidences for believing in our New Testament writings is that because these were written by people that I witnessed and physically were there for a lot of this. Many other writings of different uh, religions and things like that were done hundreds of years later after something. And it was it becomes like this. Well, I can add to it. And well, I don't know. It was hundreds of years later. I don't know. This was done within lifetimes, within short times of your life. Many of us, if I asked you right now that are old enough, do you remember the events of 9-11? Though it was over 20 years ago, we vividly remember very important dates and events that happened in our lives like that. Any of us that lived during 9-11, we know exactly where we were, what was going on, the story behind everything when those events happened. It was seared into our brain because it's such a big event, right? Same thing with when somebody rises from the dead, and then you get to eat with them in the upper room later on. That's a pretty big event. Those people remember that. And so a lot of these writings and a lot of everything was said to have been written between uh, 10 to 20 years after Christ uh, had risen from the grave. Some were even believed that uh, as the New Testament writings, the gospel themselves uh, and even some of the letters could have been written as Jesus was walking around. Now, not the writings of Paul, but the gospels themselves. We even see a, poten a potential, um, potential that this was how it was done with the letter of Matthew, because we see it 
emulated in the movie The Chosen, where Matthew's writing notes as they're going along throughout and writing notes as what Jesus is saying at different areas and things of that nature. And so this was a a very prominent thought process of that there was a category of many notes that was able to build the gospels and especially the one of Matthew where he was writing these things down as different witnesses. And that's where even Luke at the beginning of his letter says that this is a culmination of eyewitness testimony, eyewitness testimony, not hundreds of years later or anything like that. So rest assured, we have very good evidence. We have very good thought process and reason for the faith that we hold dear here. And we need to take that to to the world. We need to take that when other people try to challenge us in our faith and try to come against us with worldly thinking and reasoning, coming against us with trying to defeat false arguments. If you want to get a little bit better with this and know a little bit, I have a book that I recommend for you. I did a connect group with this. It's called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel was an atheist himself that used to work for the Chicago Tribune um, way back in the day. Um, And uh, he was a complete atheist. And then his wife comes to Christ. But he was so angry about it that he said, I'm going to go out and disprove Christianity, goes to many different people in many different fields from medical field, psychology, uh, of course, theology and uh, archaeology and all over and sees that the amount of evidence for the faith that we have right here is so immense that he could not deny it. But he jumped on the train and said, absolutely, Jesus, I believe in you. And so it's made into a movie, uh, which the movie is kind of fun, but the book really goes into a lot of deep detail of his study for all of those things. Again, it's The Case for Christ, written by Lee Strobel, a phenomenal book. And anybody that was in the connect group with me last winter or spring time, ask them. It was a great time. We just loved it. It was a a great study, and it really will help you. And, And understanding the evidence for the faith that we hold dear right here. We see that as uh, that is a scripture right there in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, um, and it's 15 through 16. Let me pull that out. And it says right here, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. As we're talking about in our joy series, we have joy. Why is that there? Why is joy in our heart even when things are going bad? Even when we're stressing about money, it's because of this. It's because of who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. And that reason for our hope, that reason for our joy, that reason for us to be like, I'm not letting this go because it's real. Do that. And the reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed for it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And so there it is charging us to make sure that we defend the faith that we have. Um, and in good reason, and re- otherwise in meekness and in love and fear and basically respecting others, uh, but also being bold in saying the truth. 
We don't need to say it meanly. We don't need to come with a heart that is like, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm just here to make you look wrong. I want to come to, hey, my whole idea and the premise and the reason for me to tell you why, unfortunately, your thought processes are a little misguided is because I love you. It's because I want you to experience the life change that I have been through with Jesus Christ. And so that's the biggest thing. And uh, when we did this as a connect group with uh, the case for Christ, the other biggest reason and the biggest thing that uh, not only we can go through all these different evidences, the the medical evidence, the archaeological evidence, um, the theological evidence, all of this, we can also go back to the fact that in our own lives, Christ has entered our heart and changed our lives forever. The life change that Christ does is even one of the very personal and also can be the most powerful uh, tool right there that we can demolish these ideas. And that's what Paul is trying to talk about. The weapons that are divine, otherwise that God has given us. One of those is his spirit that lives within us. And the other one is prayer and worship. But all of these are founded and understood under the primary uh, weapon, the word of God. That's why we're here. That's why we jump on soap every morning uh, right here. And that's why we encourage you to have a personal and vibrant relationship with Jesus is sitting down and reading his word, understanding what his word is saying about himself who he is, and what he wants us to be doing to be a part of his kingdom. The love that he has and the truth of who he is, This, his word is truth. And as his word also says, the truth shall set you free. And so there's so many different things on here uh, that we need to be learning from and diving into, you know. Um, You know, Hebrews also talks about right here in um, 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the uh, divisions of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is exactly what we need. The word of God is what we must use as our primary source of weaponry when it comes to the schemes of the enemy. You know, we can look at all of the terrible, tragic, horrific, violent events of the world. We, I just spoke about 9-11. We can look at even the war in Israel or in Ukraine. We can look at all sorts of other things. We can look at even history and uh, different areas. But the primary thing that I see that's one of the most divisive, one of the most uh, devastating weapons of all is intellectual thought is those thought processes that uh, keep tripping us up or tripping up society to basically pull anybody away from worshiping God, from understanding God, believing in him, worshiping him, and having a vibrant relationship with him. Whatever those thought processes are, maybe it's uh, basically in one of the probably the worst and most deadly one uh, that actually has worked very well in our modern society is to make everybody believe that 
neither him or Satan even exist. That's one of the probably the worst ones is to even just say none of this is even real. God isn't even there. All of this happened by happenstance. And Satan isn't even a real thing either. Man, wouldn't the enemy just love that for you to not even believe that the enemy is even there? <laughs> That's one of the best schemes that he's probably got in his arsenal that he's been using and has been unfortunately very effective uh, as we look across society. Europe, that was uh, one of the staging grounds for the New Testament all the way into Rome and growing in Christianity is probably one of the bigger secular areas of the world today. Now, on top of this country, even going that way uh, very rapidly as well. It's unfortunate, but guess what? There is so much good evidence to fight against that. There's so much of understanding that we can say, I'm sorry to tell you, but there's a lot of strong, strong evidence of the truth of Jesus Christ. And so hold on to that. And I, I challenge you to grow deeper in your faith with that as well. That helps with not only you, your friends, and your family as you grow. And exactly what Paul's talking about in here is to branch out to go to other people and to spread the good news and that that's what he's, yes, he's also talking about against uh, religious leaders, or if you will, uh, it was very legalistic, um, potentially very legalistic Jews uh, that were Christ followers, but they were really holding on to the law a lot more. He talks a lot about these uh, in a facetious way. He calls um uh, we've dubbed the name super apostles, but they're they're false prophets or uh, false teachers. And, and we've heard of all these different names for them. And he talks a lot about them in Galatians as well. Uh, but he's, he mentions a little bit of them here. And what it is, is it's the uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. And so he talks about in here that he was the first one uh, and he says they. So who is they? He means him and also Timothy. If we look back at the beginning of uh, 2 Corinthians here, he addresses that, and he's not only writing this, but he's writing this with the accompaniment of uh, Timothy, the head pastor of uh, the Ephesians church as well. And it has been, and Timothy's mentioned in a lot of uh, different letters, even letters directly written to Timothy by Paul as well. And so we have those. But we see that he's saying like, hey, guess what? We were the first ones that brought you this. Now that we've gathered the sheep, the believers of Christ, that we're seeing others that are coming in, trying to be a wolf in sheep's clothing, and to start uh, spewing divisive ideas and divisive thought processes that are not true and that are somewhat contrary to the gospel message that we first brought you. And so he's denouncing that. And part of this was even, I'm not even going to denounce the message that you brought. I'm going to denounce who you are. And so we see a lot of people saying that, guess what, Paul, you're, you're real nasty in your letters. You're real bold in what you tell us in your letters. Uh, you give us a lot of things we need to do, but you're not that way when you come here. And so they're trying to call him out. But he's trying to tell them, like, I don't want to have to be bold when I come there. I want to enjoy my time. I want to enjoy my fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ when I come there. And so these letters are to keep you on the right track. 
so that I don't have to be bold when I come there. It should be a fun visit instead of something where I'm coming to, uh, you know, correct you. But he says, I will if I have to. Like, I'm not scared to be bold if I have to, but let's correct that behavior now so that when I do come and get to visit you, it can be a fun time of celebration and renewal of our friendship and our fellowship when we come. Um, He's also saying how like the others that they're trying to measure up their standard, not against the word of God, but against themselves. How ignorant is that? He's talking about those that are trying to uh, dissuade you from understanding the gospel that I've brought you. And then he talks about boasting. And this is where he's saying for boasting, we can't be boasting in ourselves. We can't be boasting in the things that we've done. Because these are the things that God has prompted us to do. And all we, we were doing was being obedient. But what we can boast in is that we can boast in our Lord and what our Lord has done. He says uh, in the very last part of here, as scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. And the scripture he's talking about refers all the way back to the Tanakh or otherwise the Old Testament in Jeremiah 9 verses 4. And so in Jeremiah 9, 4, and he's paraphrasing uh, the scripture. Sorry, it's 9, 24. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone. This is Jeremiah 9, 24, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that I delight in these, I, the Lord have spoken. And so he's exactly what the Lord is saying here. You can't boast in yourself. You didn't come up with this idea. You didn't come up with all this. I implanted this through the Holy spirit in your heart to do. I've given you these assignments and you're being obedient. And we need to give all glory back to the Lord. We want to say thank you, Lord, for one, for choosing me to for this assignment. And so, I, you know, Lord, thank you so much. But I want to give all thanks and praise to you because I would not be able to spread the gospel with such power if one, it wasn't true. And two, you didn't empower me and embolden me through your Holy Spirit. And so that's one of the biggest things that we need to realize is that when we do such things, This is where the Holy Spirit is partnering with us to make that life change happen when we spread the gospel. He talks about it, that it's like a branch. He wants them to branch out, basically. He wants them to go out and uh, to go and continue to preach even further than what Paul was able to do. My stopping in Corinth was not just to set up a church there but it was to set up a church that would also then send others to go even further than what just one man or even two guys can do on their own is that I'm setting up key strategic locations for that branch to can even branch out even further and further. If you look at it, it's, it's like a tree. It's like the tree of life really. And Paul is Jesus is that primary trunk and each apostle is these main really thick branches that hold off into even more branches that make the tree even more full. And so that's what all of this is continuously growing off of 
each other and going further. And that's what he's asking us to do. And we do a great job of that here with uh, our outreach team that goes to Atlantic City. We do peanut butter and jelly ministries at both of our locations that are giving to others and sharing the gospel. Um, we also have gone down to the Dominican Republic this uh, past November, just had a trip going down there. Uh, and they did a fantastic job building homes and loving on people down there and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. So many amazing stories uh, of not only getting to share and those that are coming to Jesus and getting saved by that. But when that happens, our faith grows. When that happens, we get more even emboldened with what God's truth is and that it builds us up as Christians as well. It builds us up with even more power that the Holy Spirit can trust us even more. Every step of obedience builds on that trust and on that level that the Holy Spirit keeps elevating us in our walk with Christ and with him. And so we want to continue to do that. We want to continue to share the gospel. That's what we need to be doing. Even if it's, hey, guess what? That gas pump attendant, because here in New Jersey, we're kind of benefited that others uh, are paid to pump our gas for us. Guess what? That is a perfect opportunity to tell them Jesus loves you and share your story and your life change with that guy or gal that's pumping your gas. Just a small level of being able to share the faith that we hold dear. And yeah, guess what? Just like anything, you're going to get naysayers. You're going to get haters. You're going to get people that don't believe and walk away. And that's unfortunate, but it's very true. But on the other end, then you're still going to, you're going to get those stories of where somebody does take that on. You're going to get those stories of where I can't believe you just brought this to me. I can't believe you just let me know this. I've just been needing to hear from God and I just did not know the right way to go. And then you showed up in my life and you could be an answer to somebody's prayer today by just sharing the gospel. And so when we can be emboldened, be able to do that, our prayers are emboldened. Our walk with Christ is emboldened. Uh, our worship is emboldened. The more and more that we're in the word of God every day. And so that it makes us easier to be able to share our faith because we know the word of God even more. And so that's why we sow. That's why we're here every morning. That's why we listen to this podcast. That's why we make sure that we try to have our own private time and prayer and worship and reading the word with our heavenly father. And so I hope that this has emboldened you to maybe that's been a little lackluster in your life is your personal time with Jesus. And I pray that this emboldens you go on your own personal, maybe seven day uh, challenge to yourself and say, you know what, in the next seven days, I'm going to make sure that I carve out. Maybe it's only 15 minutes. Maybe it's 30 minutes but I'm going to carve out a per portion of time and make sure that I personally am there reading some of his word and then also praying to him. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe the other part is I want to go deeper into understanding all of the differences that make this gospel true. What are all of the evidences that we have? And so maybe it is you want to read that book, uh, The Case for Christ, which is a great one to kind of start out with. Uh, that really helps embolden you there. And of course, there's many other different areas that we can work on the evidences for our faith, not just the 
uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but in creation and all the other kinds of things as well. Uh, and there's other uh, resources for you there as, uh, too. But that's a great place to start because if I'm just telling you, one of my personal things is if you rise from the dead, I'm believing what you've got to say. So, um, so I hope that this is emboldening you today. I pray that uh, you have just been growing in your faith as we get closer to Christmas and such a fun holiday. Uh, I pray that the Holy Spirit is on you. Let's pray. Let's have a great Thursday and let's share our faith with somebody this week. That's my challenge to you. Share your faith with somebody this week and let's have a great one. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that uh, I pray that we take on this challenge to in the next seven days that we share our faith with somebody maybe we would not normally expect to share our faith with. Maybe it's somebody uh, that uh, we've always thought was far away from you, but maybe secretly they're praying they want to find you, Lord, and we are going to be the hands and feet of you, Lord Jesus, to help bring your good news, your gospel message to them. Lord, may we continue to be emboldened with the hope and the joy that you have given us uh, to continue to go out. Maybe it's that we've been challenged to grow deeper in our faith, understand uh, your word, your gospel, and understand the evidences for uh, the truth of who you are uh, even more so, and that we want to study and go deeper into that uh, to grow in our understanding, our confidence, and our faith. Lord, whatever it is that uh, we feel emboldened to do, we just pray for your courage. Uh, we pray for your strength and we pray for your wisdom uh, as we go forward in these things. Lord, I just pray that uh, you continue to watch over all of us as we go about our day. Uh, bring us closer to you. Uh, in Jesus name, I pray. Amen and amen. Have a great one, everyone. Take care. God bless. See you this weekend. Ugly sweater here at both locations. Take care. Love you.